Baguio, in the northern province of Benguet, is one of the top local vacation spots for Filipinos. Owing to its location in the Cordillera mountain range and its elevation of 1,400 meters above sea level, it is a great place to escape the summer heat, eat strawberries and dishes made from fresh local produce, and enjoy great views of the city and the mountains. Other more adventurous tourists, however, go to Baguio for an entirely different reason, to explore the supernatural. And one of their favorite destinations is an abandoned building on a hilltop with a very bloody history. This is the story of the Dominican Hill Retreat House, more commonly known as the Diplomat Hotel, one of the most notoriously haunted places in the Philippines. 1898 was a historic year for the Filipinos. It was when Spain and the United States signed the Treaty of Paris, ending the Spanish-American War and Spain's 374-year rule over the Philippine Islands. Thus began the era of American colonization in the country. Baguio during this time still had its original name Cafaguay, which meant wide open space. It only had a few houses and no roads, and the climate was cold, even colder than it could ever be now, with temperatures dropping as low as 18 degrees Celsius or 64 degrees Fahrenheit, and rainfall reaching around twice the volume usually experienced in the Philippine capital of Manila. Cafaguay's favorable climate and high potential for development attracted the Americans to turn it into a refuge from tropical fatigue. So, in the early 1900s, they established the first civil government in the province of Benguet, with Cafaguay, later renamed Baguio, designated as the capital. The Philippine Commission then passed a resolution declaring Baguio the summer capital of the Philippines and calling for the construction of more buildings and transportation routes. In 1911, American friars from the Order of Preachers, also known as the Dominican Order, made plans to build a retreat house in Baguio for their friars and nuns. One of their members, Father Roque Ruano, was the architect who designed the building. The order bought from some American residents in Baguio a 17-hectare hill property, and construction of the Dominican Hill Retreat House, supervised by Ruano himself, began in 1913. The retreat house was inaugurated in May 1915. The following month, to take advantage of tax exemptions, the order set up a seminary called Colegio de Santísimo Rosario, but due to low enrollment numbers, the school was only open for two years, closing in 1918 and reverting the building to its original use. When the Second World War broke in 1939, the Dominican Hill Retreat House became a refuge for people fleeing from the Japanese. But its walls wouldn't keep them safe for long as Japanese forces managed to invade the property, turning it into the Imperial Army's headquarters and last bastion. Barbaric acts were committed there by the Japanese secret police known as the Kempeitai. Refugees and members of the order were tortured, raped, and subjected to other atrocities of war. Children and babies were massacred mercilessly. Friars and nuns were decapitated. One of the fountains in the premises earned its nickname Bloody Fountain because of all the refugees and order members that were killed there. More blood was spilled during the liberation of the Philippines in 1945 when American forces showered the structure with bombs, partially hitting the building's right wing. Any Japanese soldiers who survived chose to commit suicide rather than being caught alive. 
The Dominican retreat house then underwent extensive restoration which was completed in 1947. The building was again used by the Dominican order as a place for rest and retirement until Diplomat Hotels Incorporated acquired ownership of it in 1973. The property was then transformed into a 33-bedroom hotel, but the unique features the Dominican friars established were retained, like the large Jeremy stone cross looking over the entire hill. Managing the Diplomat Hotel was 34-year-old Antonio Agapito Agbawa. Dr. Tony, as he was called, was a Filipino businessman and faith healer specializing in psychic surgery, but before he came to Baguio, he practiced his trade in Manila. His clientele consisted mostly of people suffering from chronic pain. He operated on them while they were conscious and without anesthesia, and using only his bare hands, he removed diseased lesions and spontaneously healed any incision marks. Despite being criticized by skeptics as merely conjuring tricks, Agbawa became a very wealthy man as those who believed him to be a miracle worker paid him large sums of money for his treatment. In 1966, one such believer who was a Michigan steelworker visited Agbawa in Manila complaining of pain due to his fractured neck. Agbawa operated on him and although the man was briefly relieved of pain, Later x-rays revealed that his neck was in the same condition as before. In 1968, Agpawa was arrested for fraud while he was in San Francisco, California. He was indicted by a Detroit grand jury, but rather than face charges, he skipped his $25,000 bail and returned to the Philippines. Unfazed, he went to Baguio to continue his trade, and there he became general manager of the Diplomat Hotel where he used one of the rooms to operate on his patients. People flocked to Baguio from Europe and other parts of the world to be treated by Agbawa in the Diplomat Hotel, and just when it seemed things were going well, a fire broke within the premises, and several hotel guests, some of which were Agbawa's patients, were trapped inside and died. In a separate incident, a female nurse inexplicably took her life by jumping from the rooftop where the large cross is situated. The nurse's suicide wasn't the only strange occurrence in the hotel. Employees and occupants have reported that at night they would hear windows and doors banging, dishes clattering, people screaming in agony, and babies crying. Even residents of the surrounding area have heard the night screams. These were all easily explained away when the hotel was still operational, but not after Tony Agbawa had a heart attack, got diagnosed with brain hemorrhage, and eventually passed away in 1982. Because the Diplomat Hotel owed a lot of money, it ceased operations and was declared off-limits to visitors. The abandoned building was then pillaged many times and as if it couldn't have any more bad luck, it sustained significant damage when the 7.7 magnitude 1990 Luzon earthquake struck. With the place empty and in its dilapidated state, nearby residents couldn't explain away anymore the eerie sounds coming from it during the night. The hotel has changed ownership several times since then, from the Ministry of Human Settlements to the Presidential Management Staff, and finally, in April 2005, to the City Government of Baguio. Under the maintenance of the City Environment and Parks Management Office, the old building is being rehabilitated and the property is being developed into a park. In 2013, Baguio declared it a local historical site and the city is next seeking its declaration as a national historical site. 
The hill is currently named the Dominican Heritage Hill and Nature Park, and though it also now has the world's largest Ten Commandments building as recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records, most of the hill's visitors still flock mainly to the century-old retreat house for its haunted reputation. The most common experience among tourists upon entering the grounds is a feeling of heaviness, which usually intensifies inside the retreat house, particularly in the fountain area, as this is allegedly where Dominican Hill saw the most bloodshed. People have reported feeling something suddenly touch them, or hearing a baby cry or children playfully whispering or giggling. Those who are more spiritually attuned have even seen the apparition of a friar or a nun usually without a head. Cameras and camera phones that otherwise work fine have been reported to malfunction in the area. They would either get drained of their previously full batteries or their camera function would not work at all. A group of young professionals once visited the retreat house on a dare. It was already nighttime, well after visiting hours, but one of them spoke Ilocano a local language in Baguio, so they were able to gain passage by establishing rapport with the Ilocano-speaking caretakers. The condition, however, the caretakers explained, was that they make their tour of the premises quick, as the spirits were particularly powerful that night. The group went around the grounds and they were able to take photos and videos of the city lights surrounding Dominican Hill, but when they trained their devices on the retreat house, most of their cameras wouldn't work. One only showed the photos and videos taken on it as white. Guided by one of the caretakers, the young professionals were able to complete their tour inside the building, and soon they were back in their car driving back to town. As it turned out, one of them who had brought a digital camera was able to snap a few photos both inside and outside the retreat house without any issues. While everyone else was recounting their experience, the owner of the digital camera was reviewing what she had shot and scrolling through the photos taken in the fountain area. Appearing clearer and clearer with each picture was the headless figure of a man in a friar's habit standing by one of the archways. Others have also experienced capturing what seemed to be a friar or a nun on video. One such video was taken by a girl named Sane Bondok who had come to the retreat house with a friend. The place had no other visitors anymore as it was almost closing time, so while her friend remained in the lobby, Sane was in the fountain area taking a 360 degree video of her surroundings with her phone's front facing camera. She posted her recording on Facebook and she received messages from friends asking if she had anyone with her while she was shooting the video. Sane replied no to them and they all pointed out that just a few feet behind her, standing still near an archway and seemingly with its back against the wall, was the shadowy figure of what looked like a nun. Sane's story was featured in the 2016 Halloween special of a local TV show called Capusomo Jessica Soho, along with equally chilling accounts from other visitors of the Dominican Hill Retreat House. There seems to be no shortage of these stories as shared firsthand through such TV shows or on personal blogs from people who in their childhood lived near the Dominican Hill and went there on dares with their friends, to paranormal experts conducting investigations of the place, and even even people who claim to have been possessed while inside the building. And with the hill's bloody history, it really isn't that hard to believe that the spirits of those who once dwelt there would still linger and occasionally make their presence felt. 
Today, the Dominican Hill Retreat House is open to the public from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. daily. Admission is free, but there are two multi-purpose halls that can be rented for photo shoots, wedding receptions, and workshops. It's been reported that with special permits, thrill seekers and paranormal investigators can camp inside the building at their own risk. But no matter the time or the purpose of the visit, everyone is reminded to be respectful of the place, as the spirits occupying it might just want to be left in peace after all that they went through when they were still alive. To support Stories After Dark, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts, and follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also suggest cases or send personal stories to storiesafterdarkph at gmail.com and become an official patron at patreon.com slash storiesafterdark. All of the links are in the episode description. Thank you for listening.